0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our Free Living Truth app. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 14, called Seeking Things Above.
1: Father, as we get into some of the more practical sections of the book of Colossians, thank you for instructions, flight instructions. Lord, we need them so desperately. And sometimes when we're on a plane, we tune out that person giving the flight instructions, but uh, we need them, especially if something goes haywire. And in our world, well, every day we face bumpy rides and difficulty and sometimes passengers that annoy us. And (laughs) Lord, oh, we need all the help we can get. And so I just pray that you would give us flight instructions today to uh, navigate this world that we live in and to keep seeking things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Thank you that we have an advocate on high who is for us and not against us. Thank you that you are on our side and you want to bless your people with uh, blessings above what we could even ask or imagine. You are so good to us, Lord. And sometimes we feel so undeserving of your goodness. But thank you that you are patient. Thank you that you are good. And thank you that you want us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we've been called. So Lord, as we talk about how to live the Christian life, and we all need help on this subject, Lord, Um, I pray that you would open our eyes, open our ears to what the Spirit would say to your church. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. How many of you could use some help living the Christian life? Anybody? Okay, how many of you have figured it out? Because I'm going to have you come up here if you have. The Christian life is not an easy thing. Uh, So don't let anybody fool you and say that they have it all together because nobody does. Nobody does. Nobody has the Christian life altogether. But we are striving towards, as Pastor Brian put it last week, the ascending life. We want to go higher with Christ. And we know there are things that are constantly dragging us down. And they're difficult things. They're not easy things. Sometimes they seem to be more intensified at certain periods of our lives than at other times the, the weight of the burden of our self and our sin Seems heavier at times than other times. And we've come to an intersection in the book of Colossians where uh, we're going to have two major themes. They're, They're very simple themes, but they say a lot. One of the ways that the Christian life is captured in living it is what you seek. What you seek. So if you're a note taker, that's just kind of a basic outline. And the second idea or metaphor is what you put on and what you put off. It's a metaphor, most scholars would say, of clothing. So it's about what you pay attention to, and then what you put on and what you need to put off. Those are the major themes. And this is picking up something that we looked at earlier in Colossians 2. If you look at verse 6, it says, Colossians 2.6, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Colossians 2.6, verse 7 says, Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. And then a warning. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. So chapter 3 is going to really flesh out, if you will, chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. How do you walk with the Lord? How do you do this on a Monday morning as much as you would do it on a Sunday morning. How do you fight the good fight of faith? How do you take hold of eternal life? How do you live um, a different life, something that is new and fresh and not like the world? Well, we get the opening idea here in chapter 3, verse 1, as we are introduced to seeking things above. It says, if or since, chapter 3, verse 1, and you could translate this either way. Since then you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking, this is a present tense, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Of Robert Murray McShane, the devout 19th century Scottish pastor and evangelist, a friend once said of him, the man of whom I speak seemed to have got up to the full height and to have entered into the secret places of the holiness of God. When McShane preached the gospel, you could see strong men, hard and stern, melt as wax before the fire. Their breasts would swell and heave as if they would burst and the whole place become a place of weepers. He learned to live in the heavenlies and to reach souls on earth. I'm trying to learn that as I live the Christian life, how to live in the heavenlies. The Bible says that I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's the reality of who I am, positionally before God. But practically, it is hard to stay in the heavenlies when you live on this planet, right? There's so many distractions. And we are exhorted here in chapter 3, verse 1, to keep seeking the things above. And one of the things that we might want to say right now is we have to keep re-seeking the things of God because we get distracted. Some of you are very focused people, and some of you have those disorders. What do they call those? Uh, ADHD, and you just can't focus, right? Somebody can be talking to you, and you're, you got, you're processing about 15 other things, right? Uh, we, we all can have those problems. Sometimes we're trying to minister or focus on a person, and it's hard. Guys have this problem if there's a ball game on the television. How many of you wives can understand? What's going? On? So I would just, only a few wives can understand. I don't even know what's going on. Anyway, so there's, there's a time that we got to just put the distractions aside. Multitasking can be beneficial, but in your spiritual life, you want to have a focus on the things above. What are the things above? That sounds very spiritual and kind of like out there. What does that mean, the things above? Does that mean that you spend your life like this? Well, if you do that, you're going to run into a bunch of stuff, right? So I don't think that that's what it means. Although, in the Jewish idea, sometimes when they would pray, they would actually look up and pray. We often look down or we close our eyes, but the Jews would often look up as they pray. And so it's this idea of keeping your eyes where they need to be. If you've been raised up with Christ, and as a Christian you have, you've experienced a spiritual resurrection that's anticipating your physical resurrection. We are to keep seeking the things above. I don't think that this really means the throne of God like physical things. I think this is everything having to do with Jesus Christ. We need to seek him. The book of Hebrews paints it as a race that we're running. And as we run this race, we are to fix our eyes on Jesus. This is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And when we fix our eyes on Jesus, the idea of the Greek there is to look away from other things and to look at him. If you've ever done any kind of racing in terms of track and field, they tell you to look ahead, don't look down, and don't look back. And there's some famous races where someone had the lead in the closing stretch, and they looked back. And uh, they ended up losing the race because they were so focused on looking back instead of looking at the finish line. Jesus is at the finish line. He's cheering us on. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. I saw a funny video. I think it was yesterday or the day before. There was a a guy who was running on the uh, warning track of the outfield he was going to win some sort of prize at a baseball game, and they had another guy in like this sleek running suit, and he was going to catch him and this guy, you know he was basically given this huge head start, so he 's on the warning track of this pro baseball field and he 's running and he, he thinks he 's got the lead and this, this guy that you know, took off way behind him, is catching him fast, but he's so busy thinking he's got this in the bag that he's, you know, waving to the fans, and yeah, I got it, and this guy all of a sudden is sneaking up on his left, and he's like shocked, and not only was he shocked that he was getting passed, but he fell on his face and did a faceplant in the dirt in front of about 40,000 fans, and it kept playing on ESPN over and over again, so that's the kind of fame you want, huh, right? You think you got it in the bag, and all of a sudden, you're eating dirt. That's kind of how the Christian life can be sometimes, huh? We think we got it in the bag. We're cool. We're fine. No one's going to catch me. I'm good. And all of a sudden, we're picking dirt out of our teeth, right? And so we got to stay focused on the race. And it's been said well that the race of the Christian life is not a sprint. It is a marathon. And sometimes, you know, we have to just kind of Say, Lord, I don't have it within me. I think this is all the time. And, you know, we talk about when you run a marathon, you got to dig deep for extra stuff. You know, you got to pass thresholds of pain. Turn to Hebrews eleven five, so that he should not see death. If you've ever read the story of Enoch in Genesis 5, it says he walked with the Lord and he was not for God took him. Interestingly enough, it seems like he didn't start walking with the Lord until the birth of Methuselah. By the way, Methuselah's name means his death will bring it. Bring what? Most scholars believe his name means his death will bring the flood. Can you imagine if Methuselah was up playing in a tree? And you know, the moment he dies, the flood's coming. Methuselah's up in a tree. No, get him down. His death's going to bring the flood. Anyway, it'd be a tough life. (laughs) For he, Enoch, obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who, New King James, diligently seek him. Do you know that that verse that we quote all the time in context is about Enoch? That's the flow of the verses. And we always wonder, well, what did Enoch do that was so different than Other people that he had such a testimony and such a walk with God that God took him up. He said, just come up here, man. You're so close to me. We might as well just be hanging out in fellowship. You know what Enoch did that's different from a lot of people? He sought the Lord. He kept seeking the things above. And finally, God says, just come up here because you spend so much time here anyway. Just come on up. You're seeking the things above. And he obtained a testimony that he was a man of faith. Matthew 6, go there for a second. Matthew 6, look at verse 31. Jesus is preaching the famous Sermon on the Mount. And he's telling those who are listening not to be anxious about their lives, which we all need to hear, Matthew 6, 31. And he says these famous words. He says, don't be anxious, 631 of Matthew, then saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink or With what shall we clothe ourselves, Matthew 6, 32, for all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek. That's what they seek. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? For your heavenly Father knows that, that you need all these things.
2: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, I'm Rob, Program Director for Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance, and I'd like to remind you that this is a listener-supported ministry. Now, if you're a first-time listener, please bear with me. We'll get back to Pastor Michael Lance's message in just a moment. But if you've been listening for a long time, and this ministry has helped you in your walk with the Lord, help equip you to apply God's Word to today's issues, trends, and culture, would you please consider becoming a monthly partner, thinking about the end of the year, the end of the year giving, Sometimes people like to give donations to nonprofit organizations who give food or churches who are doing something for the community. It's the same way for this ministry. If it has blessed you, please consider helping us stay on this radio station or stay on your phone as a podcast. We're just asking for the amount of the price of a cup of coffee or maybe a little bit more expensive cup of coffee. We're hoping that you can consider becoming a monthly partner of $5 or $10 a month. If you can do that, if you can commit to helping us with that and helping this ministry grow. We'd love to be on more radio stations. Please visit walkintruth.com today and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. Love to see listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just
0: do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on walkin Truth. With what shall we clothe ourselves?
1: Matthew 632. For all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek. That's what they seek. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? For your heavenly Father knows that that you need all these things. But, and we all know this, right? Seek what? First, his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Go back to Colossians 3. Look, there are going to be other things in your life that you're going to seek. Like you're going to seek employment, you're going to try to make a living, you're going to want to enjoy your life, it doesn't mean that there's not other things that you pay attention and look at as a Christian, but you're to seek first the kingdom of God, amen? And then all the other things that we worry about so often will be added to us. It's about your priorities, it's about what you seek first. What do you do first thing in the morning? Look at verse 2 of Colossians 3. Here's more detail, more instructions. Set your mind on the things above. I think, again, that's a reference to Jesus himself. Not on the things that are on the earth. Set your mind. The Greek word here is phronio. Paul uses it 23 times in the New Testament. It means to exercise the mind, to be mentally disposed, intensively to interest oneself in. It means to direct your mind, to seek, to strive for. It has the idea, two main ideas to uh, set your mind is concentration and preoccupation. Some years ago, we used to spend a lot of time at the farm in Norco where they do the annual craft fair. And there was this dog that was there and they had several dogs there. And this dog's name was Sammy. And Sammy was the pinecone chasing dog. He would play pine cone catch with you for a week straight if you would throw that thing. And so he would bring you a pine cone, and that was the beginning of the game. And if you, if you started doing it, this is a five-acre property, you just knew that, okay, you know, Sammy's not going to give up. So he'd come up, <laughs> and he'd hand you the pine cone, and you could hold the thing, and he would just sit there, and his eyes were locked on this pine cone. Nothing would distract this dog from that pine cone. He would just, have you ever seen dogs? They just, <laughs> they don't move. And so he'd just wait and wait and wait. You could have a conversation. You could have a sandwich, a cup of tea. And Sammy would just wait there. And then you just try to throw the thing as far as you could. And Sammy would go on a mission. <laughs> and inevitably, Sammy would come back with the pine cone. Was it the original pine cone that you had? Some of you are asking the question. We ended up putting a GPS device on the, no, I just. But Sammy would track that pine cone down and he would drop it at your feet and then he would refix his gaze. (laughs) And he would wait for you to throw the thing again. And he had preoccupation and concentration. In the game of golf, this is what they say the key is. You got to stay concentrated on that little white ball, right? It's not moving. You should be able to hit it, right? You would think. (laughs) But sometimes when you're supposed to hit it, something happens to your head. Something like this. They say in golf, every time you look up, you see a bad shot. So we say to our friends, I'll tell you what, <laughs> sometimes, you know, the <laughs> and they go, that was just a practice swing. This is a Christian league, isn't it? Okay, we'll give you grace. Go ahead. We know. <laughs> then we finally say, okay, you watch the ball, and we'll tell you where it goes, okay? Because we always want to look up first, right? We want to see where that good shot's going to go. <laughs> well, you can't do that. If you watch video of a pro golfer, Their head stays back here until the ball's long gone. And then they look up to see where it went. And it usually goes in much better places than my golf ball goes. As John the Beloved likes to say, my golf ball, instead of spending time in green pastures, often goes in still waters. (laughs) Or not so still waters (laughs) once my ball goes in. Have you ever heard somebody describe a person as Somebody like this. If he or she sets their mind to something, they can do anything. Are you one of those people? You have some friends. If they say they're going on a diet, they do it, right? And you say to them, man, come on, just have one cookie. (laughs) You ever been... (laughs) You're like a total stumbling block to them, right? Just have a cookie. You can't be all or nothing kind of person. Have a cookie. Have some balance in your life. Nope. And then I say, okay, I'll have yours. If you're not going to have it, I'll... (laughs) We get distracted by worry, the cares of this world, and they often choke our focus. And we have to cry out to God, oh, Lord, help me. I'm, I can be anxious. I know the Bible says to be anxious for nothing, but sometimes I'm anxious for everything. And so we need all the help we can get. Verse 3 says, you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The word hidden is "krupto" in Greek, and it means to conceal, to hide, to be hidden. Your life is is hidden with Christ in God. You are in Christ, and he's got you covered. Praise God. You don't have to worry. He's got you in his capable hand. And this idea of your life is hidden with Christ in God has the idea of some of the Psalms where it says, you are my hiding place. You are my shelter. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Hide me so that you are my refuge and strength. And and those are the realities that we have in God. But the idea of hidden also means that The reality is often hidden to those around us. If I looked at a room of 500 people and I said, could I point out which ones are Christians just by looking at people? I can't always tell who's a Christian. Now, sometimes I have an idea when I meet somebody. Ever meet somebody and you go, are you a Christian? And they're like, oh, yeah. And you could just tell. But if you were to look at a room of hundreds of people, you can't. And some of you have halos, I know. Some of you are the exception. Oh, Angels just sing over you. We we know that. You guys, we'll just put aside for a second. (laughs) But sometimes the reality of who we are is actually hidden from others. When will that be manifest? When will who we are truly be known? Look at verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Right now we're in a battle. 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now we are children of God. It has not yet appeared, not appeared as yet what we shall be. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we so, shall see him just as he is. But right now, it's hidden. In what sense? We have, in theology, what's called an already, not yet. We are right with God. We have experienced a spiritual resurrection, but there's a not yet uh feature to our salvation in that I'm a Christian, but I haven't experienced all the fullness of my salvation in that I don't have a resurrection body yet. I haven't seen the Lord face to face yet. I am already a Christian, but there's a lot of things that are not yet. So I'm waiting for those things. And some of them are tied to the second coming. Some of them are tied to my own uh, time when I will leave this planet and be with the Lord. Therefore, in light of this, verse five, Consider the members of your earthly body as dead to five things in verse five. All of them, I think most scholars agree, have to do with sexual sin.
0: You've been listening to Seeking Things Above, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Colossians chapter three, verses one through fourteen. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, the Living Truth app is a great way to stay up to date with what we're doing here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Bible studies, family events, and of course, worship services. If you're out of the area, the LT app has a lot for you too. You can watch and listen to Pastor Michael's latest teachings. Download the Living Truth app in your app store. The Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now here's Pastor Michael.
1: Now, does seeking things above mean that you're never going to have your eyes on the temporal and the worldly and the carnal? I don't think so. I think that that's really the battle. We have to be encouraged to seek things above because it's so easy to seek seek things below. Let's face it, to seek the things right around us instead of, you know, looking above where Christ is seated. And really what that means, that sounds kind of almost, you know, uh, beyond us like is that just too ethereal or mystical no seeking things above means seeking Jesus Christ it means being in prayer it means seeking his face it means learning a new way that is not the way of the world it's not all about you know um just the things around you um you know what you can see what you can taste what you can touch it is about a spiritual connection with the one who lives inside of you And that starts when you get into the word of God, when you bow your heart in prayer. Um, he is, he is near to us, brethren. That's the thing. He just wants us to reach out because he is, he is close. He is near. And so that's what it means. And it doesn't mean that just because you have your moments here with, you know, looking around or, uh, watching a show or doing whatever you enjoy doing, God wants us to enjoy our life too. We got to remember that, that seeking things above doesn't mean you don't pay attention to what's here on the earth. I mean, we need to reach people that are here. We need to enjoy the life that God has given us. We have many amazing gifts. So let's make sure that when we're seeking things above, that means we're going to be more impactful here below, if I can put it that way, here on the earth. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and we're moving through the incredible book to the Colossians, tackling a topic called Seeking Things Above. Hey, if you need help in any way with your walk with Jesus Christ, someone to talk to, pray with, we have a number that's available to our uh, listening family. It's 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Tuesday through Friday, we're here 9 to 4 Pacific time. We have a great team of pastors. We'd love to pray with you and talk with you if we can help you in any way. Remember, you can always find out more about the ministry when you go to walkintruth.com. Deeply appreciate you and your prayers and your support of this ministry. We love you, and we'll see you right here, Lord willing, tomorrow.
0: And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Colossians 3, 1 through 14, called Seeking Things Above. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.